So during the course of this month and next month and however long we go uh, with this, we're going to be taking a look at different aspects of prayer. John Wesley said this. He says that it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. You know, when you make statements like that, sacred cows get kicked over. You just kind of hear some moo. God's limited by our prayer life. I thought God was God. I thought God could do anything that he wanted to do. How many of you know it is possible for us to limit God by not asking? Well, now, Pastor Mark, we're going to need to back up. God is God. He can do anything he wants. Well, can he make everybody get saved? If he could make everybody get saved, we'd go in the millennium tomorrow. It would be done. So why then would this Father God, why would he tell us to pray? Why would he say over there in Luke, pray thy will be done, where? On earth as it is in heaven. God has a will in heaven that he desires to establish in the earth. But he wants you and I to petition that. To pray, Lord, your will be done in my life. Well, we need to ask ourselves, how is it in heaven? Well, how many of you know it's healthy in heaven? And so that's one way. Lord, your will be done. Let your healing power flow on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you could use a little healing power tonight? You know, as pastor of the church, you know, we're aware of the fact that You know, people going into surgeries, people having procedures. How many of you know that corporately and unitedly, we can team up our faith along with theirs? We can lock our shield of faith with them, and we can pray some mighty powerful prayers. Amen? So, God wants us to ask. You know, you'd be amazed at how many times uh, that the word asked is used over and over again. For example... Matthew twenty one twenty two says, In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. And, and, you, and, and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew seven eleven says, If you then been evil or natural, you know how to give good gifts unto your children? How much more... Shall your Father which is in heaven give what kind of things? See, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights. With whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Our Father is good and He only gives good things. So good things are available for the children of God, but they must be asked for. In the book of James, he gives us a little bit of light concerning that. He says, you have not because you ask not. Is asking important? Just a few minutes ago, we asked for the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Psalm says, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. How about this one? John 16. 23 and 24. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, what will he do? So we're to ask the Father in whose name? We're to ask the Father in the name of Jesus. And he will give it to us. Now notice in verse 24. Verse 24 says, Up till now have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall do what? He tells us to ask. And when we ask, we believe that we receive. And as a result of believing that we have received, what happens? That your joy may be full. So when you go before the throne of grace and you ask him according to the word of God and you literally have believed you have received, there ought to be a smile on your face. Someone says, well, it hasn't shown up yet. Exactly. But by the time it shows up in the in-between time, you ought to be rejoicing. Rejoicing in expectation. So we, we see this thought tonight of asking, asking. Why would it be that John Wesley would make such a statement? It seems like God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Do we have some askers in the house tonight? Do we have some big askers? Amen. See, he doesn't just want us to pray. Get this. He needs us to pray. God needs us to pray. The question would be asked then, well, why does he need us to pray? It's all because of one word. It's because of authority. It's because of authority. And I want to address that tonight because that is extremely important. Now, if you do not have Brother Hagin's book called The Art of Prayer, please get it. I don't know whether we have any in the bookstore or not, but The Art of Prayer is every believer's handbook for the definition of the different kinds of prayer and how to pray. It is a classic. It is a masterpiece. I'm certain that there are millions of copies circulating throughout the body of Christ. Now notice this. In his book, he said this, because he heard this a long time ago when he was just a young preacher, and it just kind of didn't add up to him. He was wondering, what in the world does this mean? He said this. He said, I examine God's word for the why behind John Wesley's statement. I saw a truth that I'd never seen before, though I had been in the ministry for many years. How many of you know we're all on the learning curve? Thank God for what we do know, but there's a whole lot more to know. He said, I asked the Lord about it. He said to me, go back to the book of beginnings. Now we know that the book of beginnings is the book of Genesis. And he said, I've read it many times. He said, I heard it taught as a Sunday school boy. But I began to see it in a different light this time. I saw that God made the world and the fullness thereof. He made his man, Adam. And then he said, Adam, I give you dominion or I give you authority over all the work of my hands. Now, with that thought in mind, I want us to look at two scriptures. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. 
And then we'll also look at the book of Psalms. And this will verify this. In, in Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, and all creeps. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God made he them. Male and female created he them. Now read verse 28 with me. Ready? Read. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we see that when he made his man Adam, he gave him authority. In other words, we know that God owns the earth. He owns the silver and the gold. But in essence, he turned the authority or the lease, if you will, to the earth over his man Adam. He said, you've been given dominion. I've called you now in this garden that I've placed you in. I want you to dress it and to keep it. What that literally means is you have authority to protect it and to guard from evil coming into the garden. That's authority. Now look at Psalm 8, verse 6. It says here now, You have made him to have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Dominion over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet. Woo. Where have we seen under his feet before? Somebody said, well, we've seen it on the screen. We sing it. Well, we sing it because it's been said that God has placed all things under his feet. He's the head. We're the body. The feet are in the body. Hallelujah. We're connected together. Say it, but God gave him dominion. And so Adam then we could say it again, had a long-term lease on the earth. Then that old sly fox, the enemy, comes along. And instead of Adam taking his place of authority and dominion, Adam committed high treason. And what happened to Adam when he committed high treason is he literally died spiritually. He was not even aware of the fact that he was naked until he died spiritually. God would come down in the cool of the day and they'd have sweet fellowship and sweet communion. But after the high treason happened, after that lease, if you will, was turned over to Satan, Adam became afraid and he sowed fig trees and he hid himself from the presence of God. And when God came down, he said, Adam, where art thou? He was not wondering where he was geographically. He knew where he was, but he was trying to locate where he was, even though he knew it. So once high treason was committed, everything that Adam had, everything that he owned was transferred over to the small g God of this world. Satan is the small g of this world. He has a lease on this world. It's called the world system. His lease is running out soon and very soon. Now, 
along with him being the prince of the power of the air, we see an answer then. You know, people that say, well, you know, God's in control of everything. No, he's not. He's not. He's not in control of the wars. He's not in control of, of all the sickness and the disease. He's not the author of that. That's not in his job description. The enemy's job description is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come, come on somebody, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But even though the world is in the mess that it's in, you and I are not of this world. We are from another world. We are citizens from heaven as ambassadors in the earth today. And so God wants his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So what did Jesus do? Jesus comes along and for a brief period of time, on the outside looking in, but down through the ages, prophecies were given of the coming of the Messiah. The Bible says that the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. So what does Jesus do? Jesus, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, brings on a redeemed nation of new creations. A redeemed nation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, clothed with authority and dominion given from heaven on high. He said, Behold, I give unto you authority. I give unto you. The world doesn't have this authority. They don't know anything about this authority. But you and I have this authority. We have this dominion to ask. We have this dominion to petition the throne of grace on behalf of this nation. The holy nation can pray for this natural nation. And that is such good news. So he placed, in essence, a crown on Adam. Adam took his crown off and gave it over. But Jesus came along. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of Satan. And he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, I want you now to go with this power, go with this authority, pray fervent prayers, because prayer will always pave the way for what looks impossible to become possible. Pave builds a highway in the midst of a desert. Come on, somebody, let's shout amen. So, since this is the case then, it would behoove us to become proficient in our asking. Israel limited God. Did you know that? 
They were overthrown in the wilderness because they limited God. Why? Because they had a limited view of who he was. When our view of him gets expanded through the renewing of our mind and revelation knowledge, something happens down on the inside of us. We're able to ask above all that we can dream of. We're able to ask above our imagination. And not only are we able to ask, then he's able to do. Exceeding, abundantly, above. Now it's according to the power of God that's working in us. So there's various kinds of prayer. Look at Ephesians 6, the 18th verse. Ephesians 6. says, praying always. This is the title of our series. There'll be others doing teaching. There'll be others doing praying. But praying at all times. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? Do you suppose it's important to pray in the Spirit? Because when we pray in the Spirit, we pray about things we may, may not even know what we're praying about. But God knows. Now notice, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The Amplified says it this way, praying at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer. So that tells us there's different types of prayer. To the end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. I think and know for sure that one of the areas of prayer that God is restoring in the body of Christ is the art of intercession. And, And I'm sure there's going to be a lot talked about what intercessory prayer is, what it is not. Brother Hagen, way back in the 80s, said this. He said, the art of intercessory prayer has been lost. The art of intercessory prayer has been lost. Intercessory prayer is to stand in the gap between the living and the dead. Intercessory prayer is strong prayers given by the Holy Spirit where you actually get to a point where you groan and travail out of your spirit. The Bible says, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Paul told the church of Galatia, he says, My little children, of whom I travail in birth, until Christ be formed in you. And here's the thought. If Brother Hagin said that in 1980, that the art of intercession has been lost, fast forward almost 40 years. For a lot of Christians, when you talk about intercessory prayer, it would be as if you're going to one of the Arctic areas and trying to tell them what a tree is they've never seen before. People don't know what it is. That's why it's been lost. It must be restored. I can remember in the 80s, and I can remember in the 90s, when our church was on a Uh, on a, if you will, a fast track, growing and leaping by bounds. We had early morning prayer, 6 a.m., just about every day. We had corporate prayer. 
where people came not by 20s and 30s, but by 40s and 50s at 6 a.m. to pray fervently. And we saw some things in the 80s and in the 90s that we haven't seen recently, especially in the area of new births. It is time for people to be born again at this altar, in this house. It was a common everyday experience and occurrence for people to come to the altar and be filled with the Spirit. Today, it's almost like you've got to beg them to come to be filled. And I'm grateful. And I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. But if He has saved the best for the last, we better get about it, our Father's business, and pray some things up, down, and through. To see what he wants done. Don't misunderstand me. We've got a good move of the spirit. But it's going to get better. It's going to get greater. And it's going to take more than a women's prayer meeting. Thank God for the women's prayer meeting. It's going to take more than what we're seeing. And what we're doing tonight. It's going to take a perseverance of prayer. It's going to take some perpetual prayer. Hallelujah. You know what the old timers did? They prayed through. How many of you know there's some things that need to be prayed through? What's going on in our nation right now needs to be prayed up, down, and through. And so there'll be more teaching along the lines of intercession. And I'm praying and I'm believing God for that lost art to be restored right here in this church. You don't have to get weird to groan and travail. You know, a lot of people back in the 70s and the 80s, a lot of people stopped having prayer meetings. You know why they did? Because excess and people got flaky. So instead of dealing with the flake, the nuts, you know, the granola Christians... Instead of dealing with them in a loving manner, what happened is they stopped having prayer meetings. And then the Holy Ghost was kind of moved to a back room. Well, if you want to talk to somebody about being filled with the Spirit, we'll set up an appointment. Or if you want hands laid on you, you know, we'll, we'll see to it that someone sometime next month calls you. Now, that's not the way it is here. And that's not the way it's going to be here. I'm just saying these things to you because it's time for us, all of us. I'm not saying you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about us. It's time for us to come up. It's time for us to come up. Why? Because where we're going, we haven't been before. I said where we're going, we really haven't been before. One of the things that Brother Hagen was asked about, why is it that there was such a move of God in the 50s in the voice of healing? Why is it that you saw such supernatural, glorious things happen while you were pastoring? He said, oh, that's easy. The church today has lost their reverence. Wow. 
the church today has lost their reverence. Reverence is a key to greater glory. Absolutely. Amen? Yes. So fasten your seatbelts, folks. Thank We're, going. We're going up higher. Yes. We're going in stronger. Thank you, Lord. So use every kind of prayer. Look, look at Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. So he says, well, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Let somebody else do the praying. Well, go to bed, get some sleep. Get rid of the tiredness and the weariness and stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit for maybe 15, 20 minutes a day. It'll change your life. Luke 11, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Evidently, they saw him and they heard him pray. It wasn't the eloquence that they heard. It wasn't the tone that they heard. It's what they saw what happened after he prayed. It's what they knew what results would be produced by prayer. And that's why they said, oh, Lord, (laughs) teach us to pray. In other words, they realized that he had something that they did not. Is that the cry of your heart tonight? Just pray this with me. Lord, teach me to pray. Show me what I don't see. Teach me what I don't know. Give me revelation knowledge through your word and by your spirit. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I believe that I receive. God's looking. God is looking for prayers just like you. He's, he's knocking on the door of our hearts, looking for someone to ask, looking for someone to pray. One, one man of God said this, I love this quote, that it's more important that men learn to pray than to gain a college education. Notice he didn't say that a college education is not important. He just said learning to pray is more important. Natural education is the training of the mind. But prayer in the school of the spirit is training in the spirit. So you can learn to respond and take heed to his promptings. Amen? You talk about an explosion, an explosive move of God, the power of God. How many of you know we can all grow? We can all develop in our prayer life. Brother Higgins said this. He says, if you think you've arrived, you probably haven't even left yet. (laughs) Now, how many of you know it's not all up to God whether our prayers are answered or not? We've got a big, vital role to play. All prayer must be based on God's Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
We talked a little bit about the word ask. Strong says that the word ask means to request. It means to bring a petition. The word ask there literally simply means this. It means making a request of someone that's in a higher position than you. Such as a child to a parent or a subject to a king. You and I can appropriate the throne of grace. We can appropriate our redemptive rights as children of God and be proficient askers. So plead your case. Do your research. Base all your prayers on the word. Look at John 15 verse 7. John 15 verse 7 says this. Let's go ahead and read it. It says, If you abide in me, Now count the times that you are ye is used in there. One, two, three, four. How many times? Five times. So then you are the understood subject of that sentence. So it's up to you. He says, live in me, live in vital union with me, and then ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Somebody said, well, what if I ask something that's not God's will? Listen, friend, if you're living in union and communion with Him, and you're delighting yourself in the Lord, He will put in you the desires of your heart. No one that is right in their heart is going to ask outside the will of God. The will of God is found in the Word of God. It's inappropriate to ask certain things that are outside of the Word of God. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, claiming a wife. It's good to claim a wife, amen? But you can't claim sister so-and-so who's already married. (laughs) Well, you know, God showed me that. No, God didn't show you that. Maybe the God of this world, but not my God. Amen? Amen? I can't, I can't go outside tonight. There's Paul rushing. You got a big truck, right? Yeah. What kind of truck you got? Uh, 40 Conaline, 1976, 4x4. A 4x4. Four four. It's a big one, right? <laughs> so I can't go on the parking lot tonight and say, Brother Paul, I just want you to know I've just claimed your car, I've claimed your truck in the name of Jesus. It's mine. I have it now. You better get obedient. That's my will. That's my will. And my will is to have you. But it's not Paul's will. Years ago, you know, Brother Hagen drove nice cars. He drove, you know, back in those days in the 70s, Cadillacs were really in, you know. And uh, Cadillacs were, you know, what Dad Hagen drove. And, but someone gave him a little red Bronco. You know, little red Bronco is a little Ford. And for some reason, Brother Hagen really, really liked that red Bronco. So he'd drive that little red Bronco to work and drive it to the ministry. And uh, one of the students, bless their heart, walked up to, can you imagine, walked up to the prophet of God one day and said, Brother Hagan, I just want you to know I've claimed your red Bronco. So when you get done with it, hand over the keys. You can about imagine what his response was. 
that's not your red Bronco, that's my red Bronco, and I'm not giving it to you. So all prayer has got to be based on God's Word. God's Word is our foundation. Amen. And so we see here, as we abide in Him, and His Word abides in us, we then will ask what we will, and it shall be done unto us. So what is it that gives us boldness? What is it that gives us confidence? What is it that will assure the right answers to our prayers? What causes us to be established is by acquiring the understanding of God's Word. Say this with me. Faith Faith begins begins where the will of God God is known. known. Do you know the will of God? If you know the Word of God, you know the will of God. E.W. Kenyon said this. This is a great, great quote. He said, Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeking a mirror reflecting His Word back to Him. And seeing a mirror reflecting His Word back to Him. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15... This is one of the last scriptures we'll look at. But notice this. It says, And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of what? Boldness. Is it God's will for you and I to be bold? Dominion, having dominion and authority will give you boldness. Uh, Proverbs 28 says this, that the righteous are bold as a lion. So this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in Him. We are sure. Everyone say, we are sure. We are sure sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, what does He do? He listens to and hears us. If you want to get the ear of God, pray His Word. Verse 15. And since we positively know that He listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests we have made of Him. Mark eleven twenty four says this. What things? This is your petition. What things soever you desire? This is for you individually. What things soever you desire when you pray, when you ask, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them with the measure of faith, with the faith that takes or the faith that receives. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. My part and your part is to find His Word, to ask, to believe that we receive, and His part is to see to it that we shall have them. Let Him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. And it shall be given Him. It is true that faith is the assurance 
It is the confirmation. It is the title deed of the things we hope for, being proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, per faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Every prayer must be prayed in faith. When we ask for rain, we ask in faith. When you ask for healing, you ask in faith. When you ask for a breakthrough in your finances, you ask in faith. When you ask Him for a job, you ask in faith. Amen. Let's all stand up. Amen. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that we are here gathered together in your name. And we give you praise for the prayers that have gone forward. We give you praise for the word that has been deposited in our heart. And we honor you tonight and thank you for it.